Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, friends. Welcome back to my podcast. I am sitting here in Trevenia. We just did our first training run for the first downhill World Cup of the year, and I thought, what better time while I'm in the Normatec recovering to record a podcast. So I just want to start out by saying that this podcast is for all the people who have ever taken me in or been incredibly kind to me while I've been on the road because it's not easy traveling for 10 months of the year basically and there's been so many amazing people over my entire career but especially in the last like four years who have taken time out of their own lives to help me and yeah I just want to talk a little bit in this episode about how amazing it is that the ski community kind of accepts that kids are on the road all the time and these almost surrogate families will take you in and they make traveling so much easier. I cannot imagine having been on the road for the last 10 years without all the amazing families who have helped me and the friends I've made along the way. So being a ski racer in North America generally means that from the time that you're like 14 or 15, you're on the road the majority of the ski season just because of the way that the U.S. and Canada are laid out. Everything's really far apart. Races can be, you could be driving for 10 to 12 hours kind of every week to go to races. So for me, like I didn't go to a ski academy, um, which are usually in Eastern U.S., but I didn't go to a ski academy. I, uh, grew up racing out of Whistler and doing all of the British Columbia provincial races. But the thing is like the closest race we drive to is it was basically like five hours away. So it was, we were constantly on the road from a really young age. And when we're younger, our parents came with us. But then when I was in grade 10, I think, or 11, I think first year fist is grade 11 and that's when I really started going on my own. Um, My parents came with me a lot less because obviously like they have their own lives and I have a sister and there's a lot going on. So I've been on the road basically for the last 10, 11 years. And I think that that is part of the reason why when North Americans make it to the World Cup circuit, we are so used to being on the road all the time that it doesn't really affect us as much as it probably would if a European were to then have to be away from their home for 10 months at a time. It's just kind of a different way of living. Like even just being in Europe for the last two years full time, I have been able to go to some of my friends' houses in between races who have been kind enough to take me in. But you don't really realize when you're racing in Canada and the U.S. how nice it is. Like these athletes are going to World Cups and then if they have two or three days off, they go home usually. And that's kind of a different perspective than what North Americans are doing when we're over in Europe. We are going from race to race. Sometimes you can get a home base somewhere, but for the most part, you're just on the road constantly. You're living out of your suitcase all the time. 
basically the clothes that you pick when you leave home in September or October are the clothes that you have until April. So it's just kind of a different way of living. We have obviously a lot more baggage, like (laughs) uh, physically and metaphorically, but um, it's, yeah, we travel with a lot more stuff. Like if you think about everything that you need for six or eight months of the year, you are traveling with that constantly and that can kind of wear on you. But yeah, I guess you definitely get used to it. Like I wouldn't say that I get homesick necessarily. Maybe when I was younger, when I'd go away for long trips, um, by long, I mean like six to eight weeks. I obviously was still in school when I was younger and I couldn't go away for six months at a time. But um, when I'd go on those longer trips, I definitely started to feel a bit homesick but it wasn't so much like oh I really miss my home I really miss like being in Whistler it was more like oh my gosh I miss not having to live out of a suitcase and carry all my stuff around all the time and constantly kind of being in foreign places that's like the biggest thing where I would say I get homesick is just not having access to like a closet where you can put all your stuff and leave it and then just take what you need on each day or not having your bed with like your sheets and pillows and stuff those are the things that I think ski racers get homesick for okay so now for the main part of this podcast is talking about some of the families who have taken me in and (laughs) maybe didn't realize what they were getting themselves into because I have always been someone when I get comfortable with people I am like full-on you're like my family there's no turning back now type of deal so um when I the first family that I'm going to talk about is one of my more recent surrogate families who I think unintentionally took me in for a total of like three months (laughs) Um, and just basically adopted me and moved me into their house, which was insanely kind. But um, so these this family, they live in Vail. Their last name is the Wolds. And I actually went to I competed against their daughter, Tegan, at school when I was racing NCAA and That was how we were introduced was through mutual friends and through the NCAA circuit. And Tegan and I like instantly hit it off. She's quite a few years younger than me. So I was just obsessed with her. She was like my little sister in the US. Um, I'm like diehard a big sister. I love having that role. So um, being able to kind of have her as a friend, but also be able to be a bit of a big sister to her was so amazing and their family Gwen and Chris I think without knowing took didn't know what they were getting themselves into ultimately I came over for dinner one time and then it was during COVID so there was definitely a lot of separation I was feeling quite homesick actually during that time because I was going to school I was very isolated trying to race in circuits outside of college but also race in college and go to school and all of the logistics of it was very isolating so I ended up moving out to Vail to live with them for I think it was only like two weeks the first time and um, they were super nice we got along instantly they basically just turned me into their child they fed me they took care of me it was amazing and then 
at the in around like March I think I had finished my college season so I was really trying to focus on getting ready for like spring prep and um it was I think I was done school like I was planning on being done school and going to world cup after this so I was really trying to focus on skiing so I asked if I could move in with them just for like a couple weeks maybe (laughs) and I ended up staying I think for six weeks and they did not complain once they were amazing they gave me one of their son's rooms who had moved out and it was just (laughs) looking back on it I can't believe they let me stay for that long and weren't just sick of me by the end because it was you couldn't really be social like I wasn't about to go out and (laughs) make new friends or like try to socialize with people in town like this was during COVID and so (laughs) they were stuck with me like for probably 22 hours of the day because I'd go skiing for a few hours and train but then they were stuck with me for the rest of the day and I did everything with them I was like a little baby duckling just following Gwen around and they had these two adorable dogs so I was just so happy but it's just amazing to me that I think this is common in the ski racing world and I don't know about other sports because this is my life. As I said, um, ski racing is all I really know, the ski racing community. And it's just, I don't know that many other people who would be open enough to just invite someone that number one, they barely knew, but also like during COVID (laughs) um, into their home and never once complained that I had overstayed my welcome. We are still like, I still consider them kind of like my second parents. They, basically helped me get through COVID honestly and yeah I think that that's a big part of why ski racing has survived in North America is because there's families like the Wolds who are willing no questions asked to invite one or multiple athletes into their homes for training camps or for races and it makes such a big difference because when you're on the road for this long, it's so hard, like not having your family around or not having those people who are like safe for you. And like your security is pretty tiring. Like it's, it's one thing to be surrounded by your team and your friends on the Hill, but it's a totally other thing to have your like safe space people. And yeah, for me being able to take advantage of having these kind of surrogate families around the world is amazing and I yeah I don't know if I would have made it in ski racing this long if I hadn't met so many amazing families along the way who have just out of the kindness in their heart taken me in despite all of my craziness and the amount of bags and everything that I bring with me if you're a racer or a family that relates to what I just said just know that if you're the racer you're incredibly lucky these types of people aren't everywhere. I think that we are a special breed of people. And luckily, there's a lot of kindness in this sport. But um, if you're one of the families, just know that everything you do is so, so appreciated. I hope that I thank the people around me enough. But if I don't, just know that any athlete that's staying with you, whether they are outgoing and constantly telling you how much they appreciate you or maybe they're like a little more quiet and reserved and don't want to get in your way just know that it makes a big difference and 
being able to be in like a home with a family rather than just constantly being in hotel rooms by yourself is it makes big big difference so also I feel like I should add in that I am very lucky to come from a family who they're not afraid to ask people for help or they're not afraid to offer help they're my mom and dad are like so um, they're just very willing to ask people things. And I think that it's not super common because when I do it now, people are like, it's so nice that you are like willing to ask for a place to stay or you're willing to like ask to come with us on things because you're always invited. But sometimes I think it's like awkward to ask, uh, especially to stay at someone's house that you don't really know. But on more than one occasion, I have shown up at someone's house, a family's house, who I have only met once before, and my mom somehow started talking to them, and I ended up staying with them and had the best time. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's kind of a weird trait that we have. It's also not necessarily just ski racers. Like My mom will run into people who live in Switzerland and Italy um, in Whistler in the summer and she'll start talking to them and before you know it we have their email address and they've offered for me or my family to come stay with them so um, I think that if you're willing to put yourself out there and ask like there's no harm in asking I think if you do it respectfully and obviously if you're not like pushing the situation and I'm the first like if I ask and someone agrees that I can come stay with them or that they're willing to take me in for a bit I'm the first to tell them like if you ever feel like I'm overstaying my welcome or you would prefer if I leave or it's like you know the time has come where it's time for me to pack my stuff and go and I am not getting the hint just tell me because I am so okay with that like it's your space it's your home and I think that that's a really valuable lesson to learn as someone who is like on the road all the time and maybe staying with people is just make sure that you're open and vocal like I understand that this is not my space and you can tell me straight up if this is it's my time to go and don't be offended like it's not think about if you have a different a person in your house and maybe you just want to have a weekend alone with your family and this person is there like it's it's totally fine to tell them that okay like please can you either be gone for the weekend or this maybe it's time for you to find somewhere else to stay and like don't get me wrong when I'm on the road now I'll maybe be able to stay at someone's house for one night and then we're on the road again but my example where I was in Vail, that was kind of every couple, like every week or so, I would check in and make sure that I hadn't overstayed my welcome. They were fine with me still being there because it's one thing to ask and be accepted, but it's another thing to express that like, okay, I'm totally fine if you don't want me here anymore. Okay, I think those are all the experiences and advice I would give for people who are constantly on the road, traveling, um, doesn't have to be specifically in the ski world but that's just my experience and I hope that everyone who has ever helped me or another athlete or person with their home or kindness knows that they are very very appreciated and if you're someone who is thinking that maybe they have the resources and time to help with an athlete on the road or someone maybe just for a little bit um yeah just know that it makes a huge difference to athletes like myself and 
I'm not saying invite me to your home if that's what that last message meant. I am saying that if an athlete reaches out to you and you have the resources and feel like it's a good fit for you, it does make a huge difference in their lives and in their season. So anyways, thank you so much for listening. I will be back next week. So see you then. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.